Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. Now the horn, new theme Thursday. My man Jack taking jams, certain selections that are supposed to provide Harge and I with clues and hints as to what the new theme of the day is. And uh, I've got this one pretty quickly, actually. It's all about the bottoms, all about uh, the bootylicious badonkadonk. Uh, butts of all kinds, uh, not just the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Weaver sauce, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size butts, but all of them. That's what the show is about. New theme Thursday. Appreciate that, uh, Jack. Great job, man. I love that theme. That's a great. And who is this? What is this? Hold up. This is the semi-fictitious rock band Spinal Tap with Big Bot. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't know if I recognize it. Okay, I like that. Getting eclectic with it. Um, all right, so uh, give my man Jack some, uh, some props. Great job today on a new theme Thursday. You can be a part of the show on the Specs Text Line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up uh, via Twitter. My man Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Uh, Jack is at Jack A. Farrell, and that is like Colin, not Will. Make sure I get that right. You and I'm it. at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. All right, we'll get to some Dak Prescott sound here in a second and also get to some NBA draft preview conversation. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, too. But uh, just another, uh, I don't know, another comment about the uh, story of the submersal that was lost. And now um, they are not only have they given up on the search, but they claim they have found some evidence that uh, they are all gone um, and, of course, passed away now. Um, and... I on the internet. This is a kind of weird and eerie video now, too, in retrospect, because we know that the company Ocean uh, Gate that was funding these ventures, or not funding it, but that created the Titan Sub, um, and that was reaching out to different, you know, billionaires, affluent, wealthy people to see if they wanted to go see the Titanic wreckage. They were cutting some corners. They couldn't, you know. They did mm-hmm. not. Um, they did not make sure that the sub and all of the different devices and technology met all the industry standards. Uh, this is actually some sound of the creator of the sub, and I think it's named Stockton Rush. Now, who's obviously now passed away, who was in that sub with them. Listen to what he is saying about how he decided to build that Titan sub. I'd like to be remembered as an innovator. Um, I think it was General MacArthur said, you're remembered for the rules you break. And, you know, I've broken some rules to make this. I think I've broken them with with logic and good engineering behind me. The carbon fiber and titanium, there's a rule you don't do that. Well, I did. It's like to be remembered. Yeah. That's eerie, man. That's eerie. In certain situations, it's good to break the rules. And you can be a pioneer. Situations like that, safety... Standards 101. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's there for a reason. Uh, also, something else they found out because now they're doing research about the families. Mm-hmm. There's a Titanic connection, yes, to one of the people that were in the sub. Matter of fact, the wife of Stockton Rush, guy you just heard from, the Ocean Gate CEO, um, on the tourist submersal that dove down, apparently, um. This is crazy. His wife, I believe, is a yep. descendant yes. of two first-class passengers who died on the Titanic. His wife, Wendy Rush, mm-hmm. is the great-great-granddaughter of Isidore and Ida Strauss, 
who were among more than 1,500 people who died after the iconic ship struck an iceberg and sank during the voyage uh, through the Atlantic in 1912. How about that? Mm, mm, that mm. is also pretty creepy and eerie. Yeah, it, it's very Family eerie connection. and it's very creepy. And the entire <laughs> situation, for me, <clears throat> just doesn't. You know, we were talking. We were talking during the break earlier today, and you were like, "Some people they just need that to seek that thrill." They do, and yeah. that's just they're adrenaline junkies, and there's so many different ways to go about it. But it just sounds <clears throat> the way that this all went down, and you know, you played the the sound of cutting corners, basically didn't didn't do all the proper steps. Because they thought this was Short going cuts. to work. Shortcuts. Bring that back to sports as a coach. Exactly. Mm, shortcuts. They man. always tell you, make sure you touch the line. Touch that line. Don't try to short it because what you're mm. doing is shortening your team. Mm. So what you just did, yeah, you, you did. shortened the lives of the people that trusted you, mm. even though the paperwork stated that there was the possibility, but they trusted you mm-hmm. to make sure that this can't happen to us. Because you're supposed to make this impossible. Yeah. And now we're dealing with the consequences of the shortcut. The worst kind of tragedies are one that, in retrospect, are avoidable ones. Yep. yep. And this is definitely on that list of avoidable tragedies. So mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers with the families. Um, obviously, it's been a big topic of the conversation um, all across the world, actually, all across the world. Um, now, hopefully, the family can find some uh, solace and move on. So our thoughts and prayers with them. Really mm-hmm. tough, but uh, inspired a lot of uh, interesting conversation uh, for people across the country, to and across the world, even on this show. All right, let's get back to an interesting conversation that was had between Dak Prescott and uh, members of the ticket. So um, I believe it was the... Uh, the Hang Zone is the name of the show, so I want to make sure I give them credit uh, because that's what da- when Dak was on. And they asked him a lot of different questions. Um, first question was about this particular offseason. This has been one of the best offseasons in a long time for Dallas Cowboys fans. Our resident Cowboys fan, Carge here, knows that very well. You've been mm-hmm. celebrating this offseason for the Cowboys. Yep, yep. Um, Dak was asked, does this offseason feel different for him? Here's Dak Prescott. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, obviously, you look at the We've had some coaching changes or some little tweaks, I guess you can sense. And uh, Mike McCarthy calling plays and bringing in Brian Schottenheimer as the offensive coordinator. Uh, and then just also a, just weapons, additions. You know what I mean? Bringing Brandon, uh, Brandon Cooks in alone. Uh, and then yeah. Stephon Gilmore on the defensive side that a thousand percent it feels different. Um, you're able to take now two 12-win seasons over into this one and build. And first time I, in my career, I can say I felt like uh, – consecutive seasons are building where going back to 21 we've been able to build we built that year and then now we can build again and i think that's the best re- real chance that you have of making it you you've got to go give it knocks you've got to see what it feels like and us having that now uh, you feel a lot more comfortable you're excited about the details the changes that we've had on the offense and just the team and i'm um, looking forward to it with a lot of excitement all right there he is and offseason does feel different they're building on those uh, 12 win seasons so hard that's what's different they're building yep. on those 12 win seasons I mean, we need to build on the playoff wins that's exactly <laughs> what we need to work on I, I, I hear you when you're talking about building on them seasons but you need to build on playoff wins once you do have those 12 win seasons um, yeah and the playoff wins because to me I don't know if the 12 wins will matter to Cowboys fans as much as getting past the divisional round I do think they could win fewer games this year Right, maybe 10 right. games. And it all matters what happens in the playoffs. And get past the division round. Yeah. And, and, and Mike McCarthy will get an extension. 
Do do you know how many playoff wins the Cowboys have since 2000? Four. Same as the Texans. How many? Four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same, same as, as the, the Texans. Te- yeah, you were right. I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to, yeah. I didn't mean to imply yeah. you were wrong. No, I'm yeah. just saying like four. Same as the Texans. The Texans got four. Man tripping. Since 2000. Yeah, man tripping. Man tripping. So since 2000, (laughs) the Cowboys and the Texans and the Bills and the Raiders and the Jaguars Mm -hmm. all have just four playoff wins in the last 22 seasons. Yeah, that's embarrassing. To be quite Why? Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Embarrassing for the Cowboys. Okay, yes. It yeah. is. <laughs> That's outstanding for the Texans. Yes, it is. Thank you. It's about, it is embarrassing for the yes, Cowboys. There you go. I'm going to say for the Texans. That's like though. the Texas Longhorns only having <laughs> three Big 12 championships yeah, like in for, this era. For, for K State, three Big 12 titles. Exactly. Amazing. Outstanding. For work Baylor, for them. amazing. Extraordinary. For, for Texas. Texas Terrible. Disappointment. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> the standards are different. Yes. I agree. Great point. I love that. Um, okay, let's get to the next uh, Dak uh, audio, piece of audio here. He was uh, also asked about the loss of Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore is not gone. Remember him? Kellen Moore had had the most unique relationship of any coordinator and play calling quarterback in all the NFL. No coordinator and play caller was also competing with the quarterback that they were coaching at one time, um, was also ahead of that quarterback on the depth chart at one time, then behind them on the depth chart at one time, then their quarterback coach, then their offensive coordinator, then the play caller. That was truly a unique situation the Cowboys had. And Dak, now for the first time in his career, is not going to have Kellen Moore there at all. Here's Dak being uh, asked about that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's different. Kellen, I mean, that's your, that's my brother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You come in and you say he's a teammate. You spend two years as a teammate. You see his knowledge for the game, how he was helping me as a teammate, just being there uh, for me anytime I needed me or needed, needed him. And then in the same sense, just rolls right into being the quarterback coach to then the OC. And, yeah, as you said, it's been different. I mean, you miss him. You miss a brother. You miss hanging. You miss seeing him around, hanging out, talking. But uh, I'm excited for him. I know he's out in L.A. He's got better weather. Uh, yeah. They've got a great young quarterback. They've got a great offense over there. So I'm excited to see what he does. But, um, obviously, yeah, you miss somebody that you spent so much time with and invested uh, in this game with. There you go, Harch. Um, he he's obviously gonna miss Kellen. Yeah, for uh, sure. But um, he, you know he, he understands this is part of the process, and the Cowboys had to make some type of move. This is part of the growth. Yeah, that, this the is only, where you got to yeah. get from your brother. You lost two of them at this point because you lost Zeke, and now you lost Kellen Moore. Now you need to go out here and take over as the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, the face, and the leader unquestioned leader of this offense. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, there is a possibility that Dak and Kellen were too close. Yep. That, you know, I just talked about how unique the relationship was. Maybe it had already exhausted all of the positive aspects of having a relationship like that. And maybe they were getting to the point where they're exploring more negatives about that relationship than positives. And what I mean by that is they're too close, so they can't see the forest for the trees. Maybe the communication couldn't be as authentic and honest because they were actually friends. Um, maybe it had grown to the point where you know they want Dak to have more ownership of the offense, yep. and it was Kellen Moore's offense. And to give it to Dak, it li- they literally had to remove Kellen from it. There could be a lot 
uh, I think, to this, the growth that uh, Hard is talking about that they expect yep. from this move. They had to do something. And they could have, you could argue, they could have just infused more talent. That argument could have been made. Mm-hmm. Get a get a you know upgrade at running back. Um, in addition to Tony Pollard, get an upgrade at wide receiver, which they did in Brandon Cooks. Um, but they did they did both. They got an upgrade at wide receiver, and they went to change the overall uh, ideology and philosophy of the play calling with Mike McCarthy now calling the plays in the Texas Coast offense. Um, but Harsh just brought it up. He's also going to be missing one of his BFFs in Zeke in that same backfield with him. First time he's going to be in that backfield without sharing it with Zeke. Mm-hmm. Here is Dak when asked about uh, missing Zeke. Yeah, I mean, we're still tied. Uh, we might not be wearing the same jersey right now, but, um, yeah, I mean, just trained with him this morning. He's at the house 7 o'clock. Um, uh, throwing, getting it in, working out, uh, yeah, just making sure that he's getting better, doing everything necessary. And so, yeah, it's been weird. It's been tough. You know, that first day of going in there in the OTAs and uh, not seeing his car in that parking lot and just, you know, getting to the meetings and just, uh, yeah, it was weird. It was, it was a feeling that I can't explain, hadn't had it before, but um, moved past that now. Uh, as I said, excited for the opportunity that he's going to get and just where our offense is as well. So, uh, Hard, you found maybe a little Freudian slip there. Oh, you yeah. think? Yeah, he's talking about, you know, it's just weird, you know, seeing he's not, even though we're not in the same jerseys right now. Wait, what What you mean right now, bro? I mean, you talking about that. I'm trying to figure out what exactly is, what is it that you mean right now? Is there probably a reunion in the works or is it just, well, for right now, he doesn't have the same jersey, but he'll be in another jersey soon enough. Mm-hmm. Are you wishful thinking in that? But yeah, I was. I found it interesting that that was the word that he yeah that he used. Yeah, because they won't close the door Never. on the uh, Zeke conversation. They've been asked by the me- members of the media to to basically put the nail in the coffin mm-hmm. of Zeke returning to the Cowboys. Shut the door on that conversation so we all can move on. They won't. Jerry Jones keeps. You know, leaving it open out there as a possibility. Dak just did. I do think at one point in the year, if they don't like where the running back room is trending, yep. meaning Tony Pollard's health, uh, he's not on track. And he's well, not, right now it seems like he's ahead of schedule from what I uh, read. But if he's not on track and he doesn't regain that explosivity, if the other guys, Ronald Jones, was it Malik Davis is another one, mm-hmm. if those guys don't live up to expectations and able to you know keep up their end of the bargain or shoulder that burden, I could see them going to Zeke because Zeke is specialized right now as a short yardage back a late down back, because he's a great pass blocker, too, for the running back position. And those are kind of the two traits that you would bring him in for. As an every-down running back, though, I mean, the truth is, he's there's a reason the market has not moved right. on Ezekiel Elliott yet. Well, we talked about it earlier, the money, the financial <laughs> burden that is there. We were talking about who is the mm-hmm. highest-paid running back, where is all the money, and what is it? Uh, Bijan's going to be making $13 million just because of what we were talking about, the draft yeah, slot. You're right. Tony Pollard's making $10 million, mm. and that's under the franchise tag. So the money's not what you think it is for the running back position. I saw a stat today that mm. the running back position went from $11 million as the franchise tag to now it went down $10 million. So it dropped a million just that fast. I can and see it's going to continue to do that. But the wide receiver position, the money's gone up. Even the tight end has kind of stayed stagnant, i.e. I. Dalton Schultz, Schultz thinking he was going to get X yep. amount of dollars on the open market and point. it didn't work. Yeah. No, you, I, I don't know how the NFL Players Association can justify that. They, have, they need to do something to act. Yeah. 
fast. You cannot allow you can't. a positional value to drop to the point where the franchise tag value it actually decreases yes. over time. What yeah. the hell is that? Exactly. When the salary cap goes up, what, 10, 15 million every year? And probably going to go up even more with the new television contracts and legalized sports betting. Right. And all the gambling revenue they're going to get. That's crazy. Yeah, it is it's the ridiculous. They need to, to be, do something. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Okay, let's get to uh, this other cut. This is about the the new Texas Coast offense that Dak is going to be uh, quarterbacking. Uh, he talks about the differences between this offense uh, that he is now uh, the, the 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 quarterback in and the offense that he quarterbacked under Kellen Moore. And here is Dak discussing the uh, the very small differences. Yeah, I mean, there's there's differences for sure. I can't say major differences, and maybe yeah. not. A lot of differences from from the naked eye, somebody that doesn't know the offense and what's really, you know, what I'm saying, tuned on it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of difference, a lot of details, a lot more um, thorough coaching through the details. I guess you can say uh, of guys that you would think uh, on the basis doesn't matter, but they're going to play a huge part in the role. And maybe that one or two times that plays available, we're, they're getting coached through that. That uh, it's clear. Um, you, you understand, you know, what I'm saying, you understand what's going on, and the offense has been implemented. I mean, at this point now, we've got the reps in, we've left the offseason, we, we, we're trying to figure out what are we going to use going into camp, what are we going to say, this is what we're great at, and what are we going to say, hey, we don't need. So we're going through that process now, I guess, as you can say, as we get into training camp. All right, there you go, the uh, Texas Coast offense. He is downplaying the differences there, talking about them being small and subtle and discreet. And most of the reports I've read about the differences in the Kellen Moore offense and now the Mike McCarthy offense, him calling the plays, they're going to use more West Coast tendencies, West Coast philosophy, which means quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. And Stephen Jones, Mike McCarthy, and Dak Prescott all have been on the record for saying the offense is going to change about 30%. Maybe they have got their talking points all aligned, but they say about 30%. And to me, that 30% is probably going to be more play-action pass, more RPOs, more deliberate deep shots down the field, and more early down passing. I believe those are your three or four, I should say factors that are going to increase in terms of their rate and usage in the new Texas Coast offense. That will turn Dak into a more efficient quarterback. The play-action stats are probably the most staggering because Dak, with his 17 interceptions last season, only one of them came on play-action pass. The rest of them on straight drop-pack situations. Of his 15 regular season interceptions, 11 of them uh, were, I believe 11 of those, came on uh, downs with at least 10 yards to gain to get a first down. So we're talking about second and long, third and long. Eight of his 15 interceptions, half of them came on third and long situations. So we're talking about predictable passing situations where your play-action pass doesn't matter and is a non-factor and teams won't respect it. Yep. Long situations, 10 yards a game. So that why? So that's why they're straight drop-back situations rather than play-action pass situations. They want to avoid that altogether with Dak. That's when he's at his worst, when he's in straight drop-back situations with, with long yardage to gain, 8, 9, 10-plus yards to gain, which is why Dallas Cowboys last season, and it's crazy to think about, 44% of their third downs were third longs. Yeah. And they were a top five third down conversion team. Like 76% or something were, crazy. Oh, yeah, dude. They or won, no, 46%. 45, 40, yeah, 46%. Yeah, 46%, almost 40, yeah, they yeah. were fifth. They were top five. Yep. 
in, in all the NFL. So they were really good at third down conversions. Third in success rate on third down conversions. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Minaj, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size. But, man, they were working harder, not smarter. 44% of those were yep. third and long. And Dak, more than half of his interceptions came on long situations. Third and long, second and long. Yep. Just want to get rid of as, as many of those instances as possible for next season and you'll get a better Dak. Yep. You get big Dak energy. That, and we we've been want. waiting on that. Yeah. I've been waiting want. on that. Bring it back, <laughs> Dak. Bring it back. Um, okay, he was also asked about the new receiver, uh, Brandon Cooks, and how long it would take for him to develop some chemistry with Brandon Cooks. Here is what Dak Prescott had to say. Yeah, I mean, I think it all depends. It depends on the, the the player you're talking about, the receiver, the tight end. Sometimes you've got great players, man, and the way that they run or how explosive they are it does it for itself in the sense of Amari Cooper or even now uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks. Excuse me, the guy runs so fast and he's the same speed every route that that's going to be easy for me to, 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 f- to figure out, right? He's not changing it up. He doesn't have a pace to himself. Um, yeah, so you, ju- you just got to give it time. And, yeah, I had a great chemistry with Dalton Schultz, but I think I can have the same chemistry with one of these young tight ends. Will we have it this year that we ended up, that me and Schultz ended with? Who knows, but can they get there? I absolutely think so, and it just comes from the reps and practicing, and that's what this time's for, and then, uh, that's what we've been doing with those guys is trying to supplement that time and get as many reps as we can. All right, you go, Dak, talking about the chemistry with the wide receivers. I think chemistry, just like any relationship, comes down to time spent together. You can just try to spend as much time together, whether it be executing and practicing whatever the task at hand is, or just spending time together getting to know one another. It will help in the chemistry on the field or with whatever specific task you're trying to execute. And that's what he's got to do, just spend a lot of time together. And that's the yeah. that's the part about it. And as we talked about before, mm-hmm. Dak's got a football field in his backyard. Crazy. I mean, so it, he invites the team over all the time to be able to come in and get the work that they need to be able to build that trust, build that relationship, get to know each other on a personal level as well as a football level because that way you will know how far you can go with somebody, the timing of every single route, but more importantly, the more you know about a person, the more he's going to believe and trust in you in certain situations. Yep, I agree. That trust is is what you're trying to build there, no doubt. Uh, All right, we come back. We'll have an NBA draft preview. We know what the Spurs are going to do, but what about the Rockets? What about the Mavs? We'll discuss on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. I mean, her butt is just so big. I can't believe it's just so round. It's out there. I mean, gross. Look. She's just so black. I like big Oh, yeah. The uh, Big Booty Anthem. Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. I do believe it is the most iconic of all songs about the bootylicious Badonka Dunk. I'm sure there are other great ones, but I don't know if any of them are as iconic. Like, everybody knows the words to this song. Even people who, it's way out of their generation. How old are you, Jack? I'm 23, and I know. Every word to this damn exactly. Thank you. Like, I mean, well, as I'm saying, it, it's I don't I know there are other great songs about butts out there, but they're not more well known than Baby Got Back. No, white people, black people, uh, Latino brothers and sisters, 
Everybody, Asian brothers, everybody knows Baby Got Back. Everybody, everybody knows. knows it. Exactly. Don't matter who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to say, it's, it's, my man Chance has two live. Like, two live crew? Yeah. The two live crew has got some great jams about the Badonka Donk, but they're X rated. They, they're not, you know. Every song. Baby Got is Back X-rated. is family friendly enough. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, so, you know, that's why two live crew. Listen, Congress. All right, they were they was investigating two live crew because mm-hmm. they literally they banned to to court. They were banned in the USA. They made an album <laughs> yeah, about it. Exactly. So they were banned in the USA because they were way too crass. So yeah, you can talk about the booty, all mm-hmm. right, but you got to do it in a classy way. That's you know at least something that can go that can be uh co- that can be consumed by the masses. Oh yeah, there you go. And I, like I will it. say this: hip hop will find more, a way to get you there. But more than any other genre, embrace the booty. Yep. Not only are there more songs about booties in hip-hop than any other genre, but hip-hop made the booty cool to the point where I believe they were a part of the the popularity of the boot, the, the, the butt lift surgeries where people actually want big butts now, which is, I remember when people wanted big breasts and they would get breast augmentations. Now you have people that actually want big butts. If you had a big butt, that was fine. There was nobody saying anything was wrong with a big butt, but women didn't seek having a big butt. Now... Women want the big booty. Yeah, they, they do. They want it. They seek the big booty. Actually, there's shame now in small booties. Back in the day, it was like, there was no shame in having a small booty. Now, there's shame in it. You want a big booty. Everybody <laughs> want to be able to show off the badonka dunk. Our so, guy, Sir Mix-a-Lot, he's actually a multifaceted individual. He has another, much lesser known song about uh, the, the top half. Really? It's called Put Him on the Glass. It's very tasteful. Is that true? He said. Is this very, real? Are you? Very, it's a real song. You can look it up. He wow. said. It's very tasteful. Did my man Jack just give us some knowledge about Sir my Mix-a-Lot, man Sir Mixer that I did not know? Hey. Wow, well done. It's Put on him my, on the glass? It's, it's on my his phone. Uh, failed follow-up for the one-hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to know why? Because we are a butt country, all right? <laughs> we prefer the butt over the breast now. Sorry, breast, you've had your day. And listen, nothing wrong with breasts. I like them both. But if you want me to ask me one, if I had to choose one over the other, I like Tupac over Biggie. I prefer Apple over Android and butts over breasts. There you go. There you Congratulations. go. Congratulations. You didn't put it all New out. Theme Thursday. It's out there. I think I got it going. Put it on the glass. It's going to be well, listening you, you to can, it. Wait, you can put that on the glass, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. You, you can put yeah. it. Yes, sir. <laughs> all I will say about that music video, don't look Don't look for it on the work Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're all connected. Don't look for it on the work Wi-Fi. You can get in trouble. Jack, did you, did you, are you already guilty of that? <laughs> I just always say it was research. It was research for the show. Hey, I'm trying to figure out what's really happening. Research for the show. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Uh, what do we think? We know the Spurs are going to do it, number one. And no mystery there. They're getting Wimby. Congratulations, Spurs fans. What do we think the Rockets are going to do at number four? Four, gentlemen, that is the question. I think the Rockets are praying that Scoot Henderson falls to them at number four. I doubt he will, but the thing that might happen is Brandon Miller may end up following falling to the Rockets. Yeah, because uh, MJ is petty. Yes, and his he petty, is. his pettiness may actually end up helping out, being beneficial <laughs> to the Rockets. Uh, to your point, though, about um, Scoot Henderson, uh, there is reports. I believe uh, Sham Sharania who's been doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that uh, put out there that there actually is, um, right now, Scoot Henderson is rising up the draft boards. Like I guess I guess say like his uh, draft stock is rising. Yep. So right Scoot now. Is, he, he, he looks he, athletic, man. Yeah, he could be that number two 
yeah. uh, pick right now. Uh, Sham said Scoot Henderson is gaining serious momentum at number two with the Charlotte Hornets in tonight's NBA draft. Hornets have been torn over the last week between Henderson and Brandon Miller. Team has final meetings today to settle on decision. Based on the audio that we played, <laughs> MJ ain't drafting no dude who's going to be telling everybody he airballing free throws and lace them up. Right. Somebody somebody what? said that a bunch of texters uh, hit us up and they said, thank y'all for doing that too on the Specs text line. They said, oh, Mike's going to draft them so he can punish him at practice. That's what I was thinking. He's going to dog him like Kwame Brown. He's going to put him He's in gonna hell. He's going to do him like Kwame. That's funny. Oh, you want to go out there and talk? I thought y'all, we told you to keep that in-house. That's great. So Woj what is saying do? they are, he's saying this a lot, and it, it's weird to me for Woj keeps and Shams yeah. to kind of go back and forth and not be on the consensus because Woj is saying that uh, – Brandon Miller is a locket too. Wow! But Shams is saying otherwise. Interesting. And I don't think Portland would pass on Scoot. I do think there's a world where Portland passes on Brandon Miller and takes a Thompson twin, probably a men Thompson. That yep. actually, I'm glad you said that because uh, Shams Sharania now. went on Pat McAfee, and his quote on Pat McAfee was, "Portland knows." They have to improve this team to keep Damian Lillard. Uh, he said, I know Eamon Thompson had an impressive uh, impression mm-hmm. on Portland yep. and that he had a strong workout in Portland, too. Houston said the same. People really like Eamon Thompson. He's supposed to be a just freak athlete. Imagine, remember, go back to like 2016, and if I said Ben Simmons, that's a hot commodity. That's a great prospect. That's a, kind of the Eamon Thompson Okay, thing. And, and, and both of them cannot shoot. Osar's <laughs> a little better, but a man can't shoot at all. But they're still all. talking about him as a top four pick. Dang That's yeah. how great he is, that is at crazy. everything else, basically. And the Rockets need a point guard, and they need someone who's very cerebral and has high-level feel for the yep. game. They don't have great feel players right now. I know that's no, a, I like that an intangible quality, but they need somebody like that. They need a point guard, and uh, I really like a man, Thompson. And if we get another thing like we got last year where it was Bancaro at three, for the whole offseason, and then all of a sudden on draft night, Bancaro mm. went one. I'm a little worried that Brandon Miller is going to slip to four, even though he's still a really good prospect. I've just kind of I've uh, become attached to a mentor. Ah, I got you. Uh, and okay. and uh, to that point— This is a personal choice. Well, no, but to, to Jack's point, because he, he might be on to something here— uh, the Vegas Wise Guys, Amen Thompson, he is down to plus 170 from plus 600 to go number three overall. Mm. So he, yeah, apparently Vegas feels the way you feel that he is going to be a fast, he's going to be a, a late riser on draft boards for whatever reason. Yeah, if it works out where Brandon Miller falls to the Rockets, I can't be upset about that because this is a guy that was projected to be number two overall. That's yep. great value at number four overall for the, uh, for the uh, Rockets if that ends up being the case. Uh, but yeah, there's some question marks uh, about character. Yep. About a guy like Brandon Miller, as you mentioned, but he's still a phenomenal talent. Shams could be scamming as well. He oh. has that partnership with FanDuel. Ooh. He's trying to get bets placed. Yep. You think, oh, you so think he's Shams saying, uh, is shamming? So he's not saying <laughs> he's, he's not leaving too much. You know, he's like, there's momentum he's building for Scoot. People. Eamon Thompson had a good workout. Uh, I mean, he's just trying to get bets placed. That's me coping. That's his I'm jo- worried about. Uh, that's his job, though. Brandon that's a good Miller. point. Nah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, to the there's a lot of talk that the Mavs. I know we got to uh, go to break here. A lot of talk. They may trade down and trade out of that number 10 overall pick because they believe there's a precipitous drop-off in talent with the top nine overall prospects. They need a big, and this draft has no bigs. There There is not a real draftable big here. Yeah, so we don't know what – Yeah, so the Mavs, that's why I think the talk is they're going to trade down. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports said – 
yeah, they're going to trade it. Speaking of the Mavs, 10th pick. He said, if Dallas is picking at 10, I will be absolutely floored. Mm. So Rockets also have the 20th pick tonight. Rockets also have the 20th pick. Yeah, Might there's a lot of talking about Rockets could trade with the Mavs. Yes, sir. And trade some players and that pick and try to and try to get back into the lottery. Maybe K.J. Martin, maybe yep. Jay Sean Tate. Yep, I like that. It's mm. good stuff. Uh, all right, we come back, we'll wrap it up, put it in the oven, let you know what's on tap right here on Ball Don't Lie, one on the Horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this time? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That is oh, really man, good. That is good. That's good. That is good. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back. Uh, getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. It's just that easy. Uh, and also, I want to thank my man Jack today for doing a great job, especially with the new theme Thursday. All right, what's on tap for you, Harch? Well, I'm going to watch the end of this baseball game, but of That's course, right. I'm going to be watching the NBA draft. Uh, after number one, it's going to be a crapshoot, so let's just see what happens after that. You got a guess on the Rockets pick and then the Mavs pick? Uh, I'm going to... I'm. Thinking that Brandon Miller might fall to the Rockets. And ah. if he does, that's what's going to happen. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's on tap for you, Jack? Draft night. Draft Gonna be night, watching. Baby. Manifesting. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are you manifesting for the Rockets and for the Mavs? This is your manifesting. I want to get the Thompson twin, and I'll say amen. Amen. Ah, I like that. Go. Well done. Okay. All right. Uh, you know. Uh, I'm going to watch the draft, of course. In terms of who the, the who I hope drops to him, I think the Brandon, uh, if they end up getting um, him, um, Brandon, Brandon, Miller. Brandon Miller, that'll be good value. Right. I don't know how excited I am about that, um, but we'll see. I mean, I think the, the really mystery to me will be the, the what the Mavs try to do. I think they may try to trade down out of that pick. Some people saying they may have to go after Grady Dick. Ooh. And exactly. Ooh. I'll say I'll trade down before I get, go up to Grady Dick at 10. <laughs> With that suit looking like Brad Kelman. I don't know if I like Grady Dick that much. Exactly. Brad Kelman Brad, Brad will be disappointed that you made that comparison, too. Brad Kelman thinks he's sexier than Grady Dick, I can assure you. Uh, all right, thank my man Pat. Uh, thank my man Jack, and thank uh, Harge as well. Thank all you guys out there for listening. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.